0: Um, what episode is it? Officially 10. It will be 10. Won't no, 11.
1: It? I think, I think it will be 11. We'll probably put this in. This is funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> <For> <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> seamless,
2: seamless. Um, this is all how we'll call creative ideas come to well, let's just do just it on the fly. Of, yeah.
0: Um, right. <sighs> Hi guys, we just got done recording, um, I don't know which episode this is now, we're getting on a bit, Uh, with with the lovely Greg from Rock's Life. Uh, He sat down with us and talked everything statistics behind High Rock's, but also unpacked a little bit of the granular detail on what it means to improve your time and how you can do it. Uh, Check it out on Apple TV, no, not Apple TV, Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify, that's the one. Apple TV with with (laughs) Mate, I've watched too many shows. Alongside Ted Lassie.
1: Right, into into the episode.
0: Hi guys, and welcome to The Rock Zone. Um, I don't really know what episode this is, but it's going to be a good one because we actually have an interview episode for you today. We're joined by Greg uh, from Rock's Life, a phenomenal blog online that helps to unpick some of the stats and the science behind Rock Zone as a sport, and also just help athletes improve and make it more accessible. But uh, before we get into that, uh, as ever, I'm joined by Max and Tom. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Doing really well today. I'm excited. Yeah, very excited. Thanks for have, Thanks for coming, Greg. Really looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, and more importantly,
3: thank you, Greg, for coming on down. Do you want to do a, a little intro, dude? Yeah, yeah, sure. Th- uh, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. So, um, yeah, I'm Greg. I, uh, I, I run a website called Rock's Life com r o x l y f e uh, and it's, it's it's dedicated to to high rocks um i've done i've done three high now i've done the first one in in Birmingham um and instantly got hooked on it uh, and then uh, yeah and then i've done Manchester and London ever since then and i set up i set up the the blog uh, i think it was shortly after the Manchester one and really the intention then was um, just to just just to create a, a content website about about High Rocks, like I, I could see it was it was going to grow a lot. It had grown a lot just between you know London to Birmingham to to Manchester, um, and I I felt like that was just going to continue, and I still do. Um, and the intention at the time, like I say, was just to 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 create a a, a High Rocks content website, and I, I my thinking really was in two years three years if this continues to grow if if I can have the best website about higher ops on the internet then that might be worth something Um, but I also just like enjoy writing about it talking about it thinking about it Um, so it's kind of it's grown grown from there really
0: well it's a fantastic resource i have to say that greg was actually one of the one of the kind guys that reached out to me when i was on my shoe journey uh, and provided with an outstanding <laughs> article on loads of shoes to try so i have to say a personal thanks for for helping me navigate that space i think i produced a little video trying to say what i was looking for and i lifted all of the content From what you'd said, so (laughs) I did think I saw that video. I thought I recognised (laughs) this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, mate, it was awesome stuff. So I mean. Rock's Life is a fantastic resource, and I encourage everyone to go and check it out if you are that way inclined and obviously like reading. But obviously, we're here to listen to you today. Um, so, uh, using an, another one of the five senses. Um, you mentioned um, Manchester and uh, Birmingham, and you sort of, you've done three in total, uh, and your first, you sort of set it up after your second race. What was it that sort of got you into, uh, like made you sort of pivot and say, you know what, this is such a good community to be a part of that you wanted to go further?
3: I think it was, I, I'd i been doing, um, most recently I'd been mainly focusing on National Fitness Games, which is, do you know National Fitness Games? Yeah. Um, which I, it, I personally don't. So. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> All right. It's, 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 um, it's it's a i guess a mixture of strength and endurance uh, and and speed workouts it's 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 a bit more crossfitty than than hyroxes is. Um, essentially largely four 20 minute workouts in a day uh, and I was my training was mainly focused on on competing in that which was which was all good but I think the as as soon as I did hyrox not before um, because I was a bit like a bit hesitant because the amount of running in it um, but as soon as I did it, uh, then I was then I was hooked, and I think uh, I think a major thing for me is is having like that time to beat next time, and, and like the standardisation um, of of the races. Um, it, it, you know, you know you're improving. You've got that target. Whereas national fitness games like the workouts were changing all the time, and you just. Um, just didn't really know if you were improving. Like obviously, know if you lift a bit heavier and everything like that. But you can only judge by your your, your finishing position, which but that comes down to who's there on a the day and everything like that. So, um, higher ups for me definitely, you know, tick that box of just um, just having that thing to to, to focus on. Plus, uh, the the other thing I'd say is like I'm I'm 41 now don't look
1: at um, you really don't look at from this side this side of the, side of the screen
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel it sometimes I feel it sometimes when i'm running around high Rocks. but uh, um, it's it, it's um, it's easier to compete i feel uh, at, at High Rocks than it is at something like national fitness games where you know like the the 20 year olds really are largely outperforming yeah um, whereas at high Rocks, is a little bit more competitive um in 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 our age group
1: stand sure up. and they've, they've they've also done a quite a good job at like getting age category winners and podiums set up right so uh no matter how old you are you have a you have a chance of standing on that podium and getting getting one of those flags or tea towels or whatever you want to call it yeah. and stand <laughs> yeah. there proudly and get your yeah. picture taken right
3: Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Like being able to compare against people your age group, um, and the other the other thing as well. This might make me sound a bit grumpy, but I like that uh, at High Rocks I can just uh, enter as an individual. Whereas these fitness games and, and turf games and, and things like that are largely like you've got to get a team of five or four people together. And, and to be honest, like I don't know four people that want to go to those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not always easy. And then, you know, one gets injured and then you're running around at the last minute trying to find someone, you know, searching the internet for, for fit men. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah that, that, that's another thing that I like about horrors the fact I can compete on my own or, or as a double you know it's, it's just easier getting two of you than, than four or five sure you know,
1: for me. sure um, I mean you you, you touch on a quite a big word there standardization and I know that in the podcast you did with with Ian um, and I do think we need to shout him out uh, yeah, I think so I'm... Ian K of uh, UKHXR HXR um, was uh, will beat us beat us to uh interviewing you actually and um you spoke loads about standardization there and how perhaps uh based on your in-depth analysis the standardization element perhaps wasn't as standardized as one might be led to believe um so without further ado let's let's get straight into uh what you make of everything that you've processed analyzed and digested in your sea of interesting statistics you've put together um, talk talk us through it what what are your what are your main interesting
3: findings as such okay so th- th- there's a number of things that that are different from a thyrox Tyrox. like there's there's the floor plan is is different every time Um, like it could be the number of uh, laps that you run of the track just to complete a kilometre would be different like in in London just gone it was two laps in in, uh, LA it was four Um, the um, the size of the rock zone is different and um, and the sleds are different so I would say that they're, they're the main differences that that I don't know, you know, no, no one can argue with that, those facts, really, um, and that they will have a, a different um, <clears throat> impact on your finishing time, um, depending on what they are. The probably the main one in reality is the is the sleds. Um, which you probably might not expect until you start you know until you've competed in Hyrox a few times or you've looked at the data you you probably assume that the sleds are largely going to perform the same every time but but they don't and they're, they're fairly significantly different um, across the season so uh, I I noticed this um, in in london just gone like the difference of those sleds in london compared to birmingham manchester was was fairly significant and and when you look into the data at the like the average performance times is is fairly clear that they were slower and a lot of people were saying it on the day um and that that that, like that's just my experience like between like london manchester and Birmingham. Uh, but if you if you look at other venues, like the difference can be even wider than that. Like the the first uh, one of the first races of the season, I think it was 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 Leipzig, and I, I know a few people there were just saying like it it was crazy how easy the sleds were. They they were just like sliding along, um, and. I can't, I can't it's just remember. actually the, the beefy Germans that just plough <laughs> through them, no problem. <laughs> um, but I, I, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head the numbers. But there was there was a lot of people that done it. I think in under two minutes at, 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 the, at the pro division, two or three minutes. Can't remember, but it, it was it was a crazy number of people. And then and then like no one managed to do that in in London. Um, so, so the sleds is certainly the, the biggest difference and it sounds like and I know Eddie talks about this as well uh, um, it, it seems like it's the carpet um, is getting worn down and yeah so some of the data that I looked at I tried to compare like the start of the season to the end of the season picked three of the first races three of the last races and the, the, the difference is like fairly significant you know a few minutes really on, onto the sled push time um, <clears throat> and then that 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 impacts not just that individual portion of the race, but because it's fairly early on, that's just like impacting your running and everything else from from there on. So, yeah, um, I I I appreciate it. it's probably a tough thing to 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 resolve really, like unless unless you go out and buy a new carpet for every race. Um, but that's that's probably had the most significant impact, I think. Um, yeah,
0: I think the 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 sled push is such a contentious. Thing because people do, are looking into it people are talking about it because you can actually feel the difference and I suppose you had quite a, a unique look on it where you've actually been able to see the difference in the numbers and I just like to wind it back a little bit really and just understand like how is it like what's your approach to to picking apart something like this do you do you have a big excel sheet do you go and look at like 10 different people's times. Like, What's the process that you go through when you say, oh, you know what, I'm gonna go investigate this, do some investigative journalism into the world of high rock? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much what I do. So uh, I, I'll, I'll decide what I think is the most appropriate thing to look at, um, and it might be like the top 10 pro finishes or it might be the top 10 sled push times or something like that, and then I would just literally go into to the High Rocks website, and 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 pick those out, which you know fairly easily lets you do. I haven't got any tools that, that scrape the data or anything like that. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not that technical. Um, so it's, it's literally often just copying and pasting into into Excel, and then you know taking the average or the median um, of of those things, and and, and seeing what it shows. So I mean, to be fair, there is always like the the element of you're dealing with different people on the day. So you, you know if you get a a group of big guys that that turn up and push the sled very easily, then that will skew the data. Um, but you know normally when I, I normally try to sort of take enough yeah uh, enough data like into account size to, and to yeah yeah you'll yeah, be alright yeah. Th- yeah I think it's
0: really it's really interesting one because we've thought like. When we say we feel the the sled push uh, being heavier or lighter, it, it, like you you said, you, you sort of, you go away and you say, you know what, I'm going to look into this. What what is the the way you you mentioned that you looked at like you you think of stuff to go and look into? Is that by your personal experience that you say, oh yeah, that felt hard for me? I mean, you you've raced in three of these events now. To what extent does your personal experience? Um, guide your um narrative of the the sort of things you'd want to look into
3: yeah fairly heavily i would say it, 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 I, it a lot of it is just helping me to improve in reality uh i think when i first started going down the like the data route i didn't start the website with a view to say right i'm this is just going to be all about the HIROPS data that weren't the intention at all but my, i remember my first article was um I've called it from average to elite, but it's it's like, well, if I, if I pull out some of the best times ever, uh, what does that show you about how the, how the elite are performing compared to like the average uh, athlete at, at High Rocks? And that, that is, that was largely for myself, like just whether it, whether it could tell, tell you anything. Um, so, so that's how it started and the sled push stuff that I started looking at certainly was from my experience in London and to be fair, a lot of people were saying it on the day as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of it has, has been for me. And I would say, I'd probably like blow my own trumpet here a little bit, but uh, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I've, I've pulled out has helped me to improve my time without necessarily getting fitter as a result. Like I think, like the way I now like pace a race and 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 sort of understand um, where to push and where not to push and bits like that, is is probably saved me a, a lot of time without you know getting fitter as a result. So yeah, mm.
0: yeah. I saw I saw you. You had a uh, an interesting post uh, that. Uh, on Instagram on your Instagram account that links to uh, an article you wrote about a spreadsheet where people can uh, put in their times and sort of prioritize what they what they need to work on as such um, a really fantastic tool that like personally i'm looking at now and seeing okay this is how my training's going to adapt um, how do you how do you feel like the relationship that you've built with uh, the community and sort of your learnings are now sort of helping other people is there is there a sort of way in which you say you know what this is valuable to me I want to give this forward like if you could just talk about that, that tool and anything around that would um, be great
3: <clears throat> yes yeah, so, so the tool is is really if you've got a target time and and division for, you, for your next race whether you want to go whether sub 80 minutes there's the, there's a spreadsheet that will show you uh, I've, I've, I've gone through every every venue for the last High Rock season and picked out the person that just about you know, beat sub 80 minutes or whatever it is, um, and took their times, um, collected them together, and then you can you can see in the spreadsheet how fast you've probably got to go if you want to achieve that overall time, like you might have to do whatever it is, three minutes on the sled push and, and four minutes on the ski and, and so on and so on. So it, t- it tells you what all those people achieved and the max and the minimum time achieved of that group of people as well. So if you're if you're outside of those 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 limits, then um, you'd be one of the first people to, to go sub eighty minutes if 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 you've got a six minute skill or something like that, you know. Um. So that's 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 the spreadsheet itself. And again, yeah, that was you know really just created f- for me, and then I figured it would it would be useful to share share with the community. Um. And like, I've seen people talk before about, especially some of the elite athletes that are offering training programs and things, and they're saying, "Oh, I bet they're not giving their their full program, you know, because they don't want to be beaten." But like, which to be fair, I don't believe. Like, I think it's a really good community, and I, I don't feel like anyone's like that at all. But um, I'm so, I'm certainly not. Like, I'm I'm literally happy to share everything because really it is, you know. I, I i'd like to get a podium and every, everything like that but really i i'm i'm more focused on beating my time and, and, and just getting better myself so yeah. yeah
1: well you've you've just ruined the business model of anyone who's trying <laughs> to <laughs> set up a uh, improvement plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making it free for everyone
3: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm not, I'm not writing training yeah. programs it's more tactics and and, and stuff you know yeah
0: but it's just testament to the community itself. It's such a vibrant community of people that want to see other people do well. And I think that we've discussed this before where we say like it's about beating yourself. And I think that's to an extent what you're saying as well. It's You're getting these timings so you can improve and you're giving this back to the community. Like, what, What's your take on the hyrox community? What is the, the thing that sort of stands out for you when you say I'm going to a hyrox event and you're just going to be surrounded by sort of people that are like-minded?
3: Yeah, it is. It's 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 the best community I feel like I've been been part of in you know in terms of sport or or anything like that. It's, it's like we're we're sort of competing with each other, but it's like we're not really competing. Like you you go, but I, I used to play I've played football for years, but you know people literally want to kill you. You know if you if you if you if you foul them or something like that, and and it's it's just like the polar opposite to that sort of uh, atmosphere. You know, at higher Um very supportive everything that I've done in terms of like writing my articles I, I speak to a lot of the like the elites of, of, of the sport and you, you you know you can message them and get an answer of, like about some of what you're doing the same day which is has been refreshing as well like I, that sort of really surprised me when I first started doing this stuff like everyone is happy to talk to you everyone is happy to help um, so this that's certainly been nice yeah, and obviously you know it just in in the fitness community as well it's it's very um it's it's very positive and like growth minded and and, and things like that it's just it's just good to be around you know um
1: perhaps Flipping the coin on the other side, if that's
3: a term. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've... So, so sorry to interrupt, sorry. Yeah, we, go on. we, we were talking about standardisation of uh, of 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 the events. Can I can I just touch on a couple of other bits yeah, as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, whatever you want. <laughs> so, so so with the, the we talked about the sleds and like like the, they do seem fairly you know, different from venue to venue. And I was going to say, if you, you should get the nod from Eddie when they're going to new, use new carpets. Because, yeah. like, you're yeah. not going to get... <laughs> <That's the laughs> or, or, or send them a message. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, that,
1: that does actually tee me up to my, to my question that I was going to ask you, is based on everything that you've seen and learned. you've kind of applied that in a way of helping athletes get better. Um, but turn it on the other side... How is what you've learned, or how could what you've learned be used for Hyrox to actually improve? So, to pose it in a question: If you are the race director for next season, you are Christian Tutska. What would you, Christian or Greg, uh, do <laughs> uh, to to you know improve improve the Hyrox race, if, if if anything at all?
3: It's a it's a good question. Uh, I I will say one thing is I wrote an article on the differences in the rock zones where they can be the, the, the time that you spend in the rock zone can be significantly different from, from venue to venue. But I know that high rocks say that, well, they, they adjust for that in, in the running track. When that's, that's fair enough. I, I, I must admit, I looked at some of the, the, the data and I didn't think it looked like they, they did really, but it, it is very hard to tell. I was, like taking, you know, some of the, the fastest running times and um, adding that onto the Rock Zone time and comparing that to venues. And there were some differences. But I will say that uh, Tom Hogan messaged me the other day and he'd been looking at it as well. And he he was comparing like his run plus Rock Zone time and he'd done it for a couple of the other elites like um, like uh, Michael Sandback and, and someone else I can't remember. And they were fairly... Uh, similar in total like run plus rock zone time was fairly similar if you look if you compare athlete to athlete as opposed to um like a median of 10 athletes like i've been doing from venue to venue so uh i will hold my hands up and say that maybe the rock zones aren't as different well the rock zones are different but i think they're allowing for it in in the running track um going back to what the question was though uh, i mean one thing i would like is if if the if the running track is different in length i would like to know what that length is for every race like if 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 you're only running 900 metres every time uh, as opposed to a kilometer then yeah um for someone like me that geeks out a bit on the on the running pace and uh, and so on that's good to know because i would i would adjust my, my 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 times for that so you know just in the the technical briefing that they give you they they could just say well this is a big rock zone, so the the, the running track's only nine hundred meters or something like that.
2: Greg, you were going through the other differences um, that you were noticing. So you mentioned the rock zone area, the sleds. You kind of touch on the laps and the floor pan a little bit, but I was kind of curious, like if you're doing four laps versus two laps, does it make like is it is two laps faster? Is four laps faster?
3: How does that shape up? Uh, yeah, so I w- that's probably you know be- behind the sleds and potentially the rock zones. That I, th- I feel like the number of laps that that you run is probably the next um, next thing that Dan has will have an impact on your time. If I I, I did compare London, which was two laps, to to L A, which was four laps, and to be honest, the the standard of uh, athletes. Uh, those two competitions was appeared to be vastly different. Like L- London was a huge, huge event, and and it was it, it was a higher standard field. It, it seemed in terms of times. So it, it's if you compare the uh, just purely the run times, it it is it's not fair. Um, like London was significantly quicker, but that's not fair. But there was um, uh, there was a couple no. There was at least one person there on the day that that done both London and LA. So that was Chris Woolley. And uh, it seemed like he, um, I felt like the, the lapse maybe, um, maybe cost him around a minute to a minute and a half. Uh, by by running extra, you know, an extra two laps every time now Like that's, it's very hard to say because like it's just one person and he's doing another high rocks just like one week after doing one. So you, you, your times gonna be impacted by that a little bit, um, and it will be impacted by the sleds on the day. And to be fair, LA looked like it was even harder than than London. Um, but if you if you if you just purely think about it. If you've got to run four laps to cover a kilometre, uh, and you've got to turn four corners, so you're turning four corners essentially every 250 metres, like that that's, that's that that just can't be optimal for for, for for good running pace. You can't keep your running pace up as you turn a corner. So you're you're essentially turning a corner every whatever it is every 80 metres. You've got to turn a corner. Um, that that is like undeniably going to slow you down. So you know some some standardisation there would would be nice but i appreciate it's hard like if you're christian like you don't want to you don't want to get a london sized venue for if you've only got a thousand athletes or something like that so so it is very hard but that does seem to have a, an impact on on your times as do other things as well like within the rock zone so like the size of the sled push zone in london was was very big because there were like i think it was 42 lanes whereas I don't think they needed forty-two lanes in in LA for for, for that sort of thing. So, it, literally, like the time it takes to get to your lane and get out of your lane is going to be longer in London than it is in somewhere like LA, probably. Um, now that I'm probably you know I'm getting into the weeds there with like um, probably a couple of seconds, but um it will have an impact. Yeah. You you know you
1: know what might be a really good ask of Greg, is if he could find a way, to like create almost like a handicap system based on all of his statistical uh, analysis he's gonna he's gonna look at all the times retrospectively and say right this yeah. was a harder race yeah. so you get a two minutes just discount or bonus yeah. off every everyone's
0: race yeah maybe we could set you some homework right? <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could do like a, a handicap adjust
3: for yeah, each track exactly <laughs> I do have other things to do in my life as well. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The one other thing I should say: Americans wouldn't forgive me if I didn't mention that the American sleds are apparently slightly different to the European sleds, and that's not just you know how they perform on the carpet, but apparently the the length of the poles. Are different. Um, A shorter, shorter in America, so it makes it harder for them than to push. And and you can see that the, the American times do do seem to be slower uh, than European times. Um. So some standardisation well, they there. They're
1: just breeding bigger and bigger and stronger here in Europe. Well, yeah, I did. I did, I did try to say
3: that to the Americans, but they're not having it. But uh, to me, that to me that feels like a. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs, obviously. But that feels like a reasonably easy fix for, for higher ups to, to make. Like it's something that a lot of the elites, especially, are talking about because you know it's the top fifteen times that qualify for the elite race, and um, if 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 in theory there's easier sleds in Europe, then then there's there's some yeah. advantage. I think- that, that sort of idea of
0: standardization is something that everyone wants to get into HyROX for. And it's, it is surprising to me that as a company, Hirox have two sets of equipment which they say that they roll out. But, I mean, that's just a purchasing decision. That's really some, what it comes down to. I'm not sure if they're hiring them. I mean, they shouldn't buy. Well, I wouldn't assume they would be. So maybe that's just uh, that will get some scaffolding pole and sort of stick them on the ends. I don't know. It's, uh... I'm sure everyone would love
1: that. D- <laughs> DIY one of them's falling apart.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think they done it at the uh, the World Championships in 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 Vegas they they changed the size of the poles so essentially European size poles for those sleds at, at the World Champs but uh, in all the other races in America they use those.
2: Uh taking going I guess away from the data side so much you started this humans of high rocks um series on your instagram and i think on your blog as well it'd be really it'd just be good to learn a bit more about that where'd that come from what was the inspiration behind it what's the
3: aim yeah sure so there's there's the inspiration was there's a humans of new york instagram account which is got quite big and I, I I quite like reading it it's, it's a little bit Jeremy Carl at some times but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's interesting and so they it's essentially uh, created by a guy that was just walking around New York he's a, f- a photographer he'd sit and chat to people about their life and then take a photograph of them and then just give a little excerpt of the of the, the chat that they've been having normally it's quite an interesting you know f- element of their life that, that, that he's sharing so I went to uh, I came up with the idea of doing that for for people you know involved in Hyrox Rocks in in any way shape or form, uh, humans of Hyrox Rocks and just having a picture of them and a little bit about their their story, um, probably in some way related to to high rocks or their their exercise, their health, their fitness, um, and and yeah the response has been quite good actually. People have been happy to share. We've we've had some really good people, really interesting stories, and it just helps to to introduce each other in in the community to each other and bring it together a little bit more
2: is there anyone are gonna? are there any conversations that you've had so far that have really surprised you or you've learned anything from that you're going to
3: take into perhaps high rocks or something else i've spoken to a lot of a mixture of like elite athletes and and everyday athletes and there's there's probably not a lot of difference between like between them like that their, their struggles what's going on in their head uh even just some of just like how they how they see themselves like you know some some of them you know got a greater amount of confidence and, and know their abilities but other people there's there's other elite athletes that I've spoke to just like just convinced they're they're not very good you know and it's uh it, it, there's there's just not a lot of difference between between these people in, in reality um, despite the fact that they're you know really top top level athletes to be honest
2: so. is there anyone that you obviously aside from the Roxanne, is there anyone <laughs> that you haven't got on there yet that you'd love to um, yeah love to grab um,
3: not like that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like I, I, I don't what I don't want it to be is just, um, just like your typical. You know, I I really love high rocks. I'm going to really train hard for it, and that's it. You know, I want it to be an interesting element, a little bit vulnerable, if you like. Um, so, what I want is is people with an interesting story or something interesting to say. Um, yeah, it would be interesting, like. Like maybe like Christian, for example, um to you know, or, or Hunter, people like that. They're obviously more well known in the sport. That everyone's going to have an interest in, but I also do want it to be, you know, this this element of, of vulnerability to it. This that, that's, that's going to uh, be an in, in interesting to people, as opposed to it just feeling like a high testimonial. You know, it's testament to what you built so far that it is raw. Well,
0: not raw, but it is sort of does shine the light on who athletes are as people and sort of that mental side as well. And I think it's really interesting that the Rock's Life, uh, sorry, Rock's Life, Rock's Life has, uh, has sort of grown into this uh, online community and this place to sort of find knowledge and resource. What's sort of next for the
3: Rock's Life? Where do you want to push it? What What do you want to, where do you want to go with it? Um, I honestly don't know, to be honest. Like, even most of my articles, I literally, like sit down and or live just like, I've come up with an idea on the, on the day and then just, just try and write something. So I don't really know. I don't think that long-term about it. My intention really is just to, to keep putting out the best content possible. Uh, At and, and the moment, I, I started out a bit, crazy and was like writing articles every day but now I'm probably on shit I've run out of content now (laughs) (laughs) I've got i I've got a newsletter like an email newsletter that I send out once a week so but I'm I'm more of a schedule now it's like just want to put out one quality article every week and then and over time see where it goes um I think there probably is a danger that I run out of, of content eventually but um there's, there's a number of routes that can go down like like I say I hadn't intended just purely go down the, the data driven route um, you know I'm a, a nutritionist in in a bit of a past life so there's lots of nutrition articles that I can write um, probably not talked about uh, enough in higher ups considering how important it is um, fairly interested in like the sports psychology mindset sort of side of things as well so we can go down that route and then there'll be more more data as, as the new season comes along so there's plenty of stu- stuff to write um, but yeah I'm not thinking usually long term with it in reality.
0: Well it's fantastic and I think touching on that nutrition stuff you were probably mortified at the episode we released when we talked about nutrition I mean I guess what it did try <laughs> to do is uh, is talk about the, the not the guilt but how hard it is to sort of keep on track with it as such like Finally, I think Tom's wish has come true and we actually have now a nutritionist nutritionist on the show as such. What's sort of um your your top level take on how you prepare for training, for events in terms of food and nutrition? Like what's your sort of um your north star whenever you're talking about this or when you used to sort of uh, be involved in that world?
3: Um what when, when i used to be involved in that world is it, it, it's different to this world to be fair because i was i was working with people with crohn's and ulcerative colitis so they were you know severe digestive issues um, so what they probably should and shouldn't eat uh, is is vastly different to to what a, you know a, a athlete can eat this you know burning thousands of calories a day and hasn't got any digestive problems so it is it is vastly different in reality um from a higher perspective, now very simplistically, you do need to fuel if you're going to train for something like this. Um, so you do need to make sure that you're getting enough calories in, enough carbohydrates in, um, um, enough protein, really, to, to, to maintain your uh, muscle mass. And so from that simplistic perspective, that is that is important. That's, um, that's fantastic. I mean, I, th- I guess the...
0: The, trying to get enough calories enough fuel to push yourself forward is a huge aspect personally for you what is your what's your go-to sort of pre pre-workout meal or sort of
3: how do you tee yourself up for for exerting all this energy uh I, I don't I, I don't necessarily like have a, a a pre-workout meal or you know like something that like um to give me a boost in energy or anything like that before a workout because to be honest I'm a little Little bit anti those because I feel like if you, if you if you need that then there's probably uh, there's probably other problems that you've got in your diet or or your training elsewhere that, that that sort of shows that you shouldn't need it. Um. So so for me, I I am try I probably consume more carbs now than than I have done in in previous you know previous sports. Uh. I, I, I get a decent amount of protein with every meal. Uh, probably four or five like feedings a day uh, which will you know be, be a good mixture of proteins fats and, and carbs but I'm, I'm certainly having more carbs now than than i probably ever did uh, during the summer i do think it's important to get some electrolytes in as well like <laughs> i sweat a lot and you know most people do when they're competing in high rocks and certainly at high rocks. so i feel like electrolytes are, are particularly important and possibly something that not enough people take on board at the moment
0: is there is there a natural source for electrolytes or are you sort of relying on
3: supplements and things like that for that uh i i I do rely on supplements i mean you can you can add salt to your meal like good quality salt every now and then is is probably uh underappreciated a little bit um i take magnesium as well and then i take some electrolytes um so so yeah that that that's that's good for me um, uh, you, I mean, I could talk about nutrition all day in terms of, you know, a, a good clean diet is probably better than just a ton of junk food. Up, up, uh, up until that um,
1: point, uh, Ben's mind was reeling through the McDonald's menu. <laughs> Where can I get carbs, protein, <laughs> <and> salt, <laughs> electrolyte? Yeah. the fish filet, man. The fish <laughs> filet is the one to go to, i telling <laughs> you. Um, I I have uh, perhaps a, a, a closing question which uh, we're trying to ask all of our guests. Um, and this might be a bit of a dirty question to ask a nutritionist, but what is your go to high rocks
3: post high rocks binge? I, um, it's, it's, it's two things that spring to mind one is uh, pizza. I, I, I I've like I know, people love pizza, but I've got no real desire for it unless I've done something like high rocks, and then after high rocks, like a good pizza is is like a proper craving. Is is
1: that like a, a dirty Domino's or is it more of a you know? Neapolitan style, proper pizza. I oh, know, yeah, d- dirty Dominoes. Yeah, <laughs> let's have it. <laughs> let's have it, domino. And,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing, I love, I love the pick and mix sweets. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, I've got a five-year-old daughter and she, she loves going up pound land <laughs> and uh they've got they've got a little pick and mix section in there and like it's just like the highlight of a you know a week like if you, if you go and get some pick and mix in there and I must admit like after a good training session uh you know some of those sugary sweets and the, mm. the chocolate mice and that like, oh. they go down well so yeah. yeah I've perked up a bit this is great yeah.
1: <laughs> um I I think we've we've pretty much touched on everything there chaps and uh the last and most important thing to to say, of course, is that you can find Greg on RocksLife.com, and um, you can also find him on Instagram. I think those are your two main main outlets as such. So, uh, Instagram handle rockslife, I just think. Just just. Straight. The Rocks Life. The Rocks Life. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, is there is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners? I guess.
3: Uh, no, I don't think so. Thanks okay. for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Chaps, is there anything more from your side?
3: I just
0: wanted to spell Rockstife, R-O-X-L-Y-F-E, because being an audio format, sometimes it doesn't translate, <laughs> but uh, just doing the due diligence on that. Um, but yeah, Greg, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. It's been really appreciate. We really appreciate um basically getting your take on behind the scenes in the world of statistics, how you can improve, and also just a, a little bit of your, your personal background. You've been an absolute delight to talk to. I know we're
2: wrapping it up, but I wanted to ask this question, but I totally forgot about it. <laughs> um, I just, I just purely out of just interest, when you've taken all of the times that you've um, that you reviewed, like, is there an average time for like the women's event, the men's event, the pro women's pro men's etc like is there like i know those are just asking you to pull stats out from thin air, but like yeah is there <laughs> it, also it, i'm a really just really question. curious <laughs> i'm really curious to know like what
3: what what what, what are the averages uh yes there uh, there is i mean to be fair i i haven't pulled these out this is this has come from from hyrox themselves and, and I don't know how up to date this is to be honest because I do feel like times have improved over time and I've got a feeling these are a little bit out of date but the Hyrox men is 135 Hyrox women is 138 uh, Pro men is 130 and Pro women is 131 that's brilliant news because uh, I'm now above average which is great so wait wait the, above, above
1: yeah. average as or, in less than uh, the,
0: as in I'm better than average can oh, oh, okay. only just so okay. <laughs>
3: that's made my day that's made me me feel great as well (laughs) (laughs) that that is another thing I I am planning on looking at actually is how times have improved over time Um, because I think I haven't actually done this but I think if you compare London to London for example which was about uh, six months apart I think that the, the 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 time difference is crazy. Like what what you could have got on a podium in in London twenty one versus London twenty two. Like you've got you had to go so much quicker in London twenty two to get on a podium. Um, so that is something I plan on looking at. So those those numbers I just read out might be a little bit out of date, but uh, I think as an average finishing time, I think they're probably still yeah. probably appropriate. Yeah. Cool.
0: We'll, we'll stay tuned for that. Looking yeah. forward to to reading that one. Looking forward to it. Wicked. So. As ever, I'll say it again. Thank you very much, Craig. <laughs> uh, really appreciate it. And I guess there's nothing else left to say except for uh, Rockstone Out. <laughs> Rockstone Out. Roxone Out. Rockstone
1: Out. Yeah.